This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Acts chapter 9. If you're new to church, we're in the middle of a new series. This is part two of a series we're going through called God has a plan. Look at somebody next to you and tell them real fast, God has a plan. Come on, tell somebody. God, you got to go long on the God. Don't go short with the God. Go long on the God. Go, God has a plan. Look at the other person next to you. Your second option, say, God has a plan. God has a plan. Part two. I'm going to read from my holy anointed iPad and, and then I'll tell you where we're going. Acts chapter 9. Verse 1, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, he went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether they were men or they were women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Now a little bit more faith, say Suddenly. By the way, in the Bible, whenever you find a suddenly, just circle that thing because that's how God works. It could be going one way, but when God gets involved, suddenly the whole thing changes. Anybody believe we serve that kind of God? Suddenly. It says, suddenly. I appreciate you doing that again. A light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you? Are, are you Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him, to the, led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. This is an amazing story in the book of Acts, uh, about a man named Saul. Now, Saul is his Jewish name. We would later learn and know him as Paul. Paul was his Roman name. Now, God did not change this man's name from Saul to Paul like he did from Abram to Abraham. Or last week, we talked about from Simon to being Peter. This was just a regional name that his Jewish name was Saul, but his Roman name was Paul. It's kind of like my American name is Chad, but my Mexican name is Carlos. Holla at your boy. And so <laughs> this is just his same person, just different names. Saul, as we find in this story, Saul at the time, he's a, um, well, to be frank, he's a Christian killer. He is opposite, opposed to Christians. He hates Anyone that's associated with this religion, he's like ISIS before ISIS. He, he hates Christians. He's against this religion. He, he's out to kill him. In fact, we can find Saul first. The first time we follow him, he's on the scene for the first ever recorded martyr for our religion. A man named Stephen is a, is a big believer and he's a leader in the church. And we know that they killed this man. They stoned him to death. Saul stood there cheering him on 
tweeting about it, knowing that this man was going down because of his faith in Jesus. Saul was so opposed to Jesus that in this story, he's on his way to go kill more Christians. Now, just so we can give you a snapshot, I'm going to fast forward to the end of Paul's life. Just so you know, the story does not end with him killing a bunch of Christians. The story actually ends. Paul would later become a massive leader in the church. We know him as the Apostle Paul. Paul would later become a great preacher and a great church builder. Paul would later write basically about the second most influential writer in all of the Bible is the Apostle Paul. Now that we know Luke, Luke wrote the majority of the New Testament in the book of Luke and the book of Acts. He has the, the most body of work, but Paul, this man, the old Christian killer, he would end up giving us the book of Romans, First and Second Thessalonians, First uh, and Second Timothy. He would give us the book of Philippians, uh, Ephesians. He would give us Colossians. He would give us so much writing. Our theology is based upon this man. He was an apostle, which meant that he could go into these cities and start communities of faith, raise up leaders, and go on to the next place. So he would go into Rome, build a church, raise up leaders, deuce, I'll see in a little bit, go into Philippi, do the same, go into Ephesus and do the same, go into Coloss and do the same, go on Thessalonica and do the same. He was an apostle. This man became a bad mama jamma for Jesus. But where we pick up the story is he's on a road to Damascus to take out anybody that believes in God. He's on a road to go kill Christians and God shows up and suddenly the whole thing changes. Anybody believe that you can be going one way, but when Jesus shows up, come on, anybody got faith that the whole thing can change in one moment, in one encounter, in one service, and what? Don't give him a little golf clap like, oh, let's go. Father's Day is awesome. Come on, anybody believe that about Jesus? I want to preach today a message. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called, I'm on the road. I'm on the road. And I want to declare to you today, it doesn't matter whether you think that you're on the right path or the wrong path. The reality is, you're in God's path. And you're on the road to the destiny and the future that God has for your life. Let's bow our heads and let's pray one more time. Jesus, thank you for our beautiful, wonderful church, Zoe. We are so blessed and so grateful that we can take time out of our schedule to honor fathers and honor you today. God, as we're gathering around your word, strengthen us and encourage us. Do something remarkable and special in these moments. God, we are thanking you and we remind our soul that you are good and you are gracious and you are kind. You are loving and forgiving. We say that to ourselves and to our circumstances and even our neighbors. We declare who you are. Open our eyes so we can see Jesus, open our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. And God, we're believing that tonight on, at 6 p.m. West Coast time, we're believing that in Oakland, California, your will will be done. God, whether you're a Cavs fan or a Warriors fan, we can't figure out because the series is tied. But we declare tonight we will know who you really love, whether it be the Golden State or Cleveland. We thank you in advance in Jesus' name. And we all said... All the Warrior fans, make some noise. I want to hear you one more time. All the Cleveland fans, you don't have to say nothing. We already know. We already, we already heard you, okay? We already heard you. I, I don't know if you, um, 
If this is in your vocabulary, if you use this word, I, I, I don't like to use this word. I don't know if this is you, but are you a person that sometimes you, you, you slip or maybe it's intentional, but you're a never person, like you use the word never? Like I'm not trying to be JB right now, never say never. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm just, you ever use the word never? Like, oh, that never happens to me or that will never happen that like that people that usually say like oh I never get pulled over by the cops they usually get a ticket the next day or I never get in accidents you better knock on wood you know what I'm saying because you're about to get in an accident never like I never win things recently my wife she was really excited because she 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 saw there was this little raffle to win a dream home so she was like babe I bought some raffle tickets so we can live we can win a dream home that's called living in Los Angeles right there you got faith to win a dream home come on somebody and so but I was like in my when she's like, I bought these raffle tickets to, to win our dream home. I wanted to say, I didn't say it, but I wanted to say, babe, I never win stuff like this. Like, I, I didn't say it, but, but, but I wanted to say it. It was amazing to me a, a few years ago. Um, the, 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 the team that I, I rooted for growing up, I'm now an L.A. Rams fan. But, but where I'm from is, is a team called the Seattle Seahawks. And um, in Seattle, growing up as a Seattle sports fan, we, we did not win at nothing. Okay, we didn't win at football, basketball, baseball. We don't win at, at chess or checkers. We don't win at nothing. If you play as tic-tac-toe, we finna lose okay like we don't win we we are opposite of winners we are lehu sirs okay that's what we do but this is seattle sports okay so so when we drafted this little young man from the university of wisconsin the whole the whole city was kind of excited because this this quarterback number three he he came into the locker room breeding belief in the team saying this phrase he he would say to the whole locker room offense and defense he, he would say why not us. This is kind of his mantra, kind of his phrase, just kind of looking at the guys like saying, who told you that, that, that you couldn't do it? Who, who said that, that, that it couldn't happen? What, 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 if it happened there, well, surely it can happen here. If it happened for them, well, I know it can happen for us. If it happened way back then, I know it can happen right now. I'm telling you, there's something about a person that refuses to use the word never because they're filled with faith for the future and the possibilities of potential. Come on, is there anybody here today that believes that if God shows up, what's impossible for man, come on church, it's possible for God possibility, wonder, what could happen. Oh, I, I, if you're here today going like, well, God doesn't have something special for me. You don't know my family history. You don't know my background. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know what I've gone through. The life of Paul is proof positive that if God can do something powerful through him, God can do something powerful through you. If God had a plan for this guy, well, then God has a plan for this guy. The, the, the reality is today that the life of Paul should breed possibility. It should breed potential of saying, look, if God could take this man who was once a Christian killer, he was then turned into a church builder. If God could do that in his life, I know God could do something special in my life. I just think this is amazing. This is a, a riveting story. I wish they would make a 30 for 30 about this guy. I mean, this is unbelievable. The making of a church builder. This, is, uh, this guy is walking down the road filled with hatred and evil intent, mad at the world. You ever meet somebody and they just look angry? You ever meet someone and they got that bitter beer face? 
You know, they just like, bro, you look mad at somebody. You are mad at the world. I don't know if it's the traffic or the 98 degrees or the lack of air conditioning, but you look mad, mad. You know what I'm saying? This guy was mad. He's on the way to kill Christians. He's walking, and all of a sudden, God shows up and reveals his plan. Let me just give you a few thoughts to encourage you today. Write down number one. When Paul was planning his worst, God was planning his best. Paul's scheming the worst of the, I'm on my way to kill, I'm on my way to destroy, I'm on my way to stone somebody, hang somebody, hurt somebody. When Paul was planning his worst, God was planning his best. You have to understand, God does not operate how we operate. We are reactionary by nature. We respond or react to people's behavior. When someone starts behaving poorly or behaving wrong, we turn our back. We adjust our plans to their plans. If they start to get weird, if they start to gossip, if they start to be envious or strifeful, we turn our back. God is not like a man. God says, I'm sticking. Even when you're planning your worst, I'm still planning my best. I'm not changing my mind. Last night, someone FaceTimed me in the middle of my study. And they said, what are you doing right now? I said, I'm studying for tomorrow. And, and, and he said, oh, yeah, what's the sermon about? And I started to tell him. I said, you would never believe this. Listen to this thought. When we are scheming our worst, God is planning his best. I just can't get over this reality. Even in my worst days, in my darkest moments, when I'm at my hardest of hearts, God is still planning my best. The other day, my, uh, we heard a story from, from Julia's sister and my brother-in-law, and they told us a story. They had to, you know, stop the activity with the kids to take them to, you know, to go do something, and, and the good, they were going to go do something good. But when they put the kids, you know, and moved them into the car, and they were having to go on the trip, and the, the, the boys, the, our nephews, were very upset about this. And so they're in the car, and they're very upset at their father, and the boys, you know, they're very young. And they looked at their dad, and they were very upset at him, and they said, Dad, we wish we had a new dad. And my, my brother-in-law is kind of like heartbroken, like, oh, gosh. Like, like no, like, we're actually, we got, we're going to go do something fun. It's just we had to stop doing this, but we we're going to go do this. It's amazing to me. Sometimes we think that, you know, God's out to get us or God's not planning his best. Even when you are in your darkest moment, when you are upset, God is still planning the best. He is still moving things in your advantage. He is still making a way where there seems to be no way. He is promoting you. He's advancing you. He is gracing you. He is moving you along. It doesn't matter how bad you are doing in this season. God is promoting you into the next season. God is not a man that he should change his mind. He has made a plan and he's sticking to the plan. Is anybody grateful today that even when you're scheming your worst, he's still planning his best. And, and how does it unfold? I love this about God. God changes this man. He changes this man, Saul, and he has an encounter, and, and, and he goes blind, and he doesn't eat for three days and three nights, and they lead him into the city of Damascus. Now, when he gets into the city of Damascus, he is there, he's blind, he hasn't eaten. Now, when this is going on, Saul is sitting in the city of Damascus. He's blind, he's got no food, he's got nobody. God goes before him and speaks to this man named Ananias. He says to Ananias, Ananias is praying. God says to Ananias, Ananias, there's a man named Saul that has come to your city. Ananias says, 
is like, oh, yeah, you mean the Christian killer guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's in the city. He hasn't eaten. I need you to go to the house. You're going to lay hands on Saul, and he's going to recover from being blind. This is a powerful man. I have chosen him to use him in a powerful way. I have ordained him. I've pre-appointed him that he's going to be one of our spokespersons. Ananias is like, are you for real? He's like, yes, I am for real. You want me to go... The, the Christian killer, the one that was there when Stephen got killed. He said, yeah, Ananias, I want you to go and lay hands on this man. Ananias would go to the house. He would lay hands on Saul. His scales would fall off. He would get his eyes back. So, so God used Ananias to bring his sight back. Right after that, we would find out in Acts chapter 22 that God would bring into Saul's life, or Paul, a man named Gamaliel. Now, Gamaliel, we would find out, was the best, the brightest, the greatest teacher of all of religion in that world. Gamaliel would sit with the apostle Paul, he would train him and teach him on sound doctrine and right theology. So, so Gamaliel would come into Saul's life and he would fix his theology and fix his brain. So Ananias fixed his sight and, and Gamaliel fixed his brain. And then years later we would find out when, when Paul is going through Rome and Philippi and Colossus and Ephesus and all these great cities, he had a travel companion. He had somebody that he brought, God brought alongside Luke the physician. Now this is important to note that Luke the physician was his travel companion because you need to know this about God. God always knows how to bring a strength next to your weakness. And so God brought Luke the physician around Paul because Paul was weak physically and in addition to that he couldn't see very well. Isn't it amazing that God chose a doctor to be next to Paul wherever he was going because he knew what he needed. Write down number two today. God knows who you need when you need. God knows the right people to bring into your world at the right time in the right place. When God wants to bless you, he sends you a person. When God's fixing to fix your world, he sends you somebody. God doesn't just bless your bank account. He doesn't give you a miracle home, although my wife's buying lottery tickets. Hey, God, when he wants to bless you, he sends you somebody. You ever meet somebody and they came in your world at the right time? And it was like, oh my gosh, when I needed a mentor, you walked through the door. When I needed a friend, that person texted me. When I needed somebody in my life, I talked to this young lady after the 10 o'clock. She said, it was amazing when you were preaching. She said, I'm going through such hardship in my life. She said, I went on a walk in my neighborhood yesterday. She said, I've been going through this hardship. I bump into somebody on my walk in my own neighborhood. I meet the man. He is the profession of the thing I've been looking for. What I'm dealing with in my crisis, I just so happen to meet another believer who is also in the profession of what I need. I said, that's a divine appointment because God always knows who you need, when you need. When you need sight, he'll bring Ananias. When you need your brain fixed, he'll bring Gamaliel. When you need somebody that's meeting your weakness, God will bring Luke. Come on. Anybody thankful today that God knows who you need and he knows when you need it? Stop looking for somebody that is as strong as you. You need someone to compliment you. Some of you are loud personalities. You need a quiet friend that will listen to you because you talk too much. Some of you, some of you are boring, so God sends you a funny friend. I'm just, I'm playing around now. But God knows who you need when you need. So God doesn't just fix this man, Saul. You're saved. You're appointed. We got a plan. Go figure it out, buckaroo. No. 
God saves him and he keeps sending him people along the way to take him to the next place to further him along. I'm telling you, God is orchestrating your steps. He knows who to bring into your world that will help you think bigger, help you go bigger, help you plan bigger. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. God's sending the right people to your doorstep so you can get to the place that he's called you to be. Y'all make some noise in the 12 o'clock service if you believe that God is so good he sends you who you need when you need it I believe some of you have thought it was coincidence that you are where you are but it has been by the grace of God that you are where you are with who you are with some of you walked into Zoe and go whoa I found a home that's God some of you walked in your connect group and go, I don't know what, it, what I've been doing before, but this connect group, these are the people that I need. Remember, there's always a difference between what you want and what you need. There are people in your world that you need in your life because they are challenging the weak part of your life. You always look for the strength. And God is saying, I need your weakness to be next to you. All of us have such a unique design in the body of Christ. All of us have such a unique design in the community of God. You have to understand, there is only one you. You have been uniquely placed and positioned by God in the right place with the right people. So God uniquely places you as a compliment. Remember, everybody else can do what you do, but nobody else can be who you are. And so God says, I have uniquely fashioned and positioned you to be a strength where somebody else is weak. So God gets a hold of this man named Saul on a road to Damascus on the way to killing Christians. Calls him by name, flips the script, changes his destiny, and he gets saved and then he gets discipled. And I love the next part of the life of Saul because I think this challenges me the most. Because Saul gets saved on the road to Damascus to go kill Christians. He gets his sight back from Ananias and he learns a little bit. And then watch what the Bible says right after he learns just a little bit. It says in the book of Acts chapter 9, same chapter, just read along up here on the screens and watch what happens. This is right after he gets saved. Acts chapter 9, same, same chapter. Can we put it up on the screens? Immediately... There fell from his eyes something like scales. And he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. Hallelujah. Hopefully the baptism tank was bigger than the one we used last week. But for real. And uh, so when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. I love verse 20. Immediately. He preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of hope. Hold up. Wait a minute. Stop that. Because I ain't with it. Uh. Check it out. Nah, 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 uh. Immediately. Im immediately. Hold up. Immediately. You're telling me one week this dude killing Christians and the next week he preaching Jesus? You, you tell me one Saturday he in the club and the next Saturday he on the platform preaching God? 
How does this work? Can, you can't go. You need to take a time out. You need to learn some stuff. You need to sit down and get right. No, God does not work like that. God is not looking for perfect people. God's looking for available people. God's not looking for capability. He's looking for availability. Come on, somebody give him some praise today. If you believe that God does not use perfect people, he uses people that say, I'll, if you can use anybody, you can use me. Stop waiting to get right with God so you can share him. Nobody is, is qualified. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is, is, is worthy to preach this Jesus. We preach Jesus because we found him. We preach Jesus because we're lost and now we're in church. We preach Jesus because he is so good, not because we're so good. Write down number three today, and I hope this encourages you. God doesn't need you to be perfect. He needs you to be available. I love this about Jesus, that Jesus found this man named Saul, and Saul was already passionate. He was already zealous. Remember, just because you're sincere about something, that doesn't mean you're right. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. This guy was zealous. He was just zealous for the wrong thing. He was passionate. It was just channeled the wrong place. God looked at his passion and said, whoa, I've been looking for passion like that. So he said, keep the passion, change the heart. If we get the heart right and the passion stays, we got ourselves somebody that will be lethal. So he changed his heart and kept the passion. I wish Zoe people would have some passion. There ain't nothing like passion. There ain't, you can't buy passion. You can't replace passion. Passion will get you up early in the morning. Passion will keep you up later at night. Passion will keep your savings account. Passion will get you fuel. Passion is oxygen for the soul. There's you. I'm telling you, people will show up for passion. You, I, there's something about a passionate person. Oh, that we would have a community filled with passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Are there any passionate people in the noon o'clock service? I'm preaching myself passionate today. I'm getting sweaty up in this piece. feel like 150 degrees in this thing. God said, change the heart, but keep the passion. Don't, 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 don't lose the passion. Some of you think that because you're a Christian now, you got to tone it down. Hey, Rick, tone it down. You're a Christian now, okay? <laughs> Let's keep it Jesus. <laughs> okay, Rick, that was fun when you were in the club, but now we're at the church, okay? A little less passion. I'm loud and proud. I got passion about Jesus. I'm, I'm, I've been saved. I know who my Redeemer is. Saul did not get saved and get quiet. He did not become a Jesus follower and tone it down. Because the way that God has made you is for a reason. The way that God has fashioned and formed you and shaped you God doesn't want to rob anything of the temperament or the personality of which he has fashioned you in. Some of you think when you come to Jesus, you got to change. You got to change your heart, but you don't have to change you. God used this passionate man. He used, Paul would go into places and he would start, immediately he started to preach. Immediately. I don't know who told you, you got to wait till you get right. You know, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, only a fool waits for perfect conditions. Some of you are going to be waiting your whole life to share your faith if you wait for perfect conditions. I do not share God because I'm perfect. 
quite the opposite. Out of everybody that's here today, I'm the chief of sinners. I'm the worst of the worst. But by the grace of God, I can stand with the microphone. I don't preach Jesus because I'm better. I preach Jesus because I'm in love with him. I preach Jesus because I'm passionate about him. I preach Jesus because he saved my life. Come on, anybody thankful today that we don't got to be perfect. We just got to make ourselves available for God to do something awesome and amazing. Come on, keep applauding if you believe it. Keep applauding if you're convinced of it. Come on, the passion is in the people. Paul gets saved, gets the right people, starts getting used and used and used and used and used. By the way, greatness doesn't happen in a day. Greatness happens daily. He just kept showing. If there's anything about the Apostle Paul that you can know and that I love, it's that Paul was a daily man. He said, we don't, we don't walk according to the flesh. We walk by the Spirit. He was a daily man. Daily man just being great. Daily man serving. Daily man giving. Daily, 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 daily. He, and he just kept on serving and kept on giving and kept on loving. And all of a sudden, we look back at a life that was great, but it was just because he made the decision to serve God daily. And at the end of the whole thing, what I love about him is that he actually made the commitment to not worry about what his past was because he was obsessed with the one. Let me give you the fourth and the final thing to write down to encourage you today. Don't dwell on your past. Why would you do that? Don't dwell on your past. Your future is in the one. Invite the worship team to come back up. So many of us, we dwell on our past. How do you get over the emotional baggage of murdering Christians and moving on to preach this faith? You know, most of us saw what happened in Orlando last week at Walt Disney. And I have a two-year-old, and my my heart went out to those parents that lost their child. And my first thought was, how do you you get over that? I I can't even imagine the trauma, trying to chase that alligator down. And I think we ought to be those that, it really bothered me on the internet, I saw people criticizing them. It says it's not a time to criticize, it's a time to pray for. It's a time to stand with that family. Somebody say amen. I thought, how do you emotionally get over that? Some of you have had an abortion. How do I get over that? You had an affair. How do you get over an affair? I've I've gone to places. I've I've touched things. I've done things. I've, I've done some dark, evil things. How do I get over that to step into my God given potential? I think Paul is the perfect example of how do you get over your past? Because it's not that Paul didn't have a past or wasn't that he wasn't aware of his past. It's that he just said, you know what? My past is my past. But I'm living now for the one. Paul says amazing things all throughout his letters. Remember, Luke got the most writing, but Paul writes our theology. Paul writes, Paul would write things like this. I, I believe in this. God works all things together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Paul writes things like this in Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul's the one that wrote down, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press on to the things that are in front of me. Paul's the one that wrote down, I know him. I know whom has saved me, and I'm convinced he is able to keep me. It was Paul that was the one that gave us the model on how to get over our past to step into our future. 
And some of you are going like, I want God's plan. I want to be used. But how in the world do I get past my past? The only way you can get past your past is by being in love with Jesus. It's about making your future about Jesus. Is my future is in the one. I'm all about the one. This man went from a Christian killer to a Christian preacher because he made it about the one. He made it about the one the next week. He made it about the one the next month, the next year, and all the years after that. We know that Paul, Paul was a very rich man. He was from a very prominent, wealthy family. But you know, in the end of his life, when it came to the end, you know that Paul, it wasn't above him to make tents for a living. Paul became a tent maker. Why? Because his future was all about Jesus. He didn't care about having to be a servant. He didn't care about anything else. He didn't care about his past or his former wealth. He just was all about Jesus saying, I'm in love with Jesus. I live for Jesus. I'm preaching Jesus. I'm in this thing. I love this man. So encouraged today by the life of Paul. I want to say to you today that Paul the apostle is proof that God has a plan. Because when you are at your worst, God himself was planning his best. God knew in his foreknowledge who you needed in your life when you needed them. I do not believe in coincidences. I believe in divine appointments. Some of you are here because God in his sovereignty, he knew you needed to be here today to hear this message today. God is not looking for you to be perfect. He's just saying, will you make yourself available? Because if you make yourself available, I can take your mess and I can turn it into a message. I can take your pain and I'll turn it into a platform. If you just make yourself available, I will do greater things than you could ever imagine, far beyond anything you could ever believe. If you just make your life about the one, I promise you, I got a plan so great. I, I, I just, I wonder what it would be like if you would say, I want to see what the end looks like. I want to see how far can I get into the plans and purposes. Maybe some of you are in a season where you've been delaying your destiny. Maybe you've been disobedient to the heavenly vision that God has. I just say today as a community, I just say, why don't we get on the road? Not on the road to failure or the road to hate, but why don't we get on the road that leads to everlasting life, to Zoe life, to abundant life, to God's plan. Come on, everybody thankful today that we can actually walk on the right road and get on the right path. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.